Hi, Govanen. Welcome to Tolkien Lore Channel. I'm the Tolkien Geek. And this is a video that I did not really want to do because I don't like getting involved in politics in this channel at all if I can help it. But there's just been so much stuff going on around the Rings of Power show that I just had to get some things off my chest. And especially after I saw a YouTuber criticizing Corey Olson, the Tolkien professor, on a comment he made that it made it clear that this whole thing had just gotten to the point where people were shooting off the hip without really knowing anything. And and that just, that needs to stop. So my goal with this video is hopefully to give people a framework through which to view the whole discussion. But I also want to give some thoughts of my own just on the topic of what I'm going to broadly call diversity casting, and I'm going to distinguish this from some other things, because that's going to be relevant in terms of how we address the actual controversy issue as well. So, first of all, let me talk about my my impetus here. The video I mentioned where Corey Olson gets criticized, some YouTuber who I'd never heard of before, a video of his popped up, and the tagline was something like Tolkien expert, quote-unquote, uh, contradicts Tolkien within 10 seconds. Now, Corey Olson did a video for IGN, and this video was done in the context of IGN was asking him questions about the teaser trailer recently dropped, and he was answering those questions, and the video was clearly edited. You could tell that there were jump cuts and things like that. So, one of the cuts was used in the first 10 seconds as like a, this is the kind of stuff we're going to see later in the video. He actually gets to the substance of it much later. And the substance of it is the issue of dwarves and beards with women specifically. Do dwarf women have beards? And the thing that he said was something along the lines of, Tolkien never says that dwarf women have beards. Now, technically, as the YouTuber points out, that's incorrect, because Tolkien does say in one document that got published in The War of the Jewels that dwarf women and men both have beards from the time they're born, and that's why you can't tell them apart. This is sort of implied in The Lord of the Rings Appendices, uh, which apparently is all they have rights to for the show, is the appendices. You know, if it's in the pages of The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, they can use it, but they don't have Unfinished Tales, they don't have the history of Middle-earth, none of that. Um... So in the Lord of the Rings appendices, it says they look so similar that other people can't tell them apart. It doesn't say anything specifically about beards, and that's probably what Corey Olson was talking about, was the fact that it doesn't say anything about beards in the appendices. He might have specifically mentioned that in the, the video with IGN, and that just got cut for time. I don't know. Um, but this person who was criticizing Corey Olson was making the was basically saying that his impression was that Olsen wasn't really an expert, he was just somebody that was brought in by Amazon to run cover for him. Corey Olsen, of course, has been doing Tolkien-related content for over a decade and knows stuff. He's written a book about The Hobbit. He's done all kinds of stuff. He really is a Tolkien expert. There's really no denying that. And the reason this really solidified my resolve to do this video is because it's like once we get to the point where people don't even bother to look into who they're accusing, what they're, you know, accusing them of, or anything like that, because like I said, this video was clearly edited and it was clearly in a question-answer format, 
So if you can't allow for the fact that maybe he said something a little more specific that just got cut away, that's, you know, this is, this is YouTube. This is, I mean, get over it, people. This is how the things are done. People edit videos for clarity and, and conciseness and all this kind of stuff. So if you can't be bothered to do any better than that, this is the kind of thing that is coming out of this whole debate, which is both sides just accusing each other of things that they don't really have any basis to accuse them of. <clears throat> and that, you know, the specific topic I'm going to be talking about has more to do with race than bearded dwarven women, but it's a symptom of the same problem, and that's what I'm going to get to. So first, though, let me talk about my own thinking about the idea of what I called earlier diversity casting, right? I'm going to dif differentiate three terms here. Diversity casting, which is just broadly using any person to play a role who does not meet the actual description of that role. So if you cast Denzel Washington to play the prince in Much Ado About Nothing, that's diversity casting. Now, that might be an example of colorblind casting, which is my second term here, which is just, we don't care who plays the role so long as they're the best talent for the job. We don't care what their skin color is. The other term that I would like to use here is intentional diversity, or we might say diversity and inclusiveness and what, you know, whatever. However you want to term that. If you're doing just colorblind casting, that's just a, you know, a thing that you're doing for whatever reason, which is common in Shakespearean stuff from what I understand that's a different thing than we are specifically looking for you know a different person who than what the role would typically call for we we specifically want a black or Asian or whatever role I mean actor for this role even though the role is not that so those are three different things diversity casting as I'm using it could incorporate either of those two more specific terms Subjectively, my preferences are that the lore be adhered to as much as possible. Now, you're not going to get a six foot six guy to play Aragorn. Aragorn is six foot six, according to the documents that we know of. Um, so there's got to be some give there. But my subjective preference is the lore should be your guide for casting people as much as possible, within reason. My subjective preference also is for consistency and. Uh, suspension of disbelief type casting. So when I say that, again, using Denzel Washington as the example, he does not look like Keanu Reeves' brother, even though they play brothers in the Much Ado About Nothing movie. So suspension of disbelief takes a huge hit there for me personally because I have a poor visual imagination. I rely very heavily on visual input, which is why... Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings now is kind of like the way I see Middle Earth. I mean, it's just it just is because my own ability to imagine things is so limited visually that I just I soak up what I get visually from other sources and that becomes my visual imagination. Like I think of Legolas as Orlando Bloom. I just do. Um I I don't think of him as Ralph Bakshi's Legolas <laughs> uh, unless I kind of intentionally go that route. Uh, but anyway, point being, subjectively, because of that, for me, 
diversity casting is kind of a knock on suspension of disbelief, and therefore I prefer not to go there if I can avoid it. That element of my subjective preference is even stronger than my lore accuracy subjective preference. And I'll give you an example of that, because like Aragorn, Faramir, Boromir, they aren't supposed to be bearded. But Tolkien's imagination, they all had no beards, and this had to do with the fact that they had elvish strains within them, which meant elves have no beards, and therefore men have those men have no beards that are descended from elvish strains. So, I prefer personally beards on men. So when Aragorn shows up and has a beard in Peter Jackson's adaptation, I'm okay with it because aesthetically I think it looks better than if he had no beard. But I also recognize that ideally he shouldn't have one. So both of these have gradations. So, you know, my lore accuracy, you're going to have a bigger problem if you go with, let's say, a 5'8 Boromir and a 5'8 Aragorn, and then you have like a 4'6 Hobbit. That's just, that lore inaccuracy is really messed up. I can I can handle not having a six foot six Aragorn because I recognize there's going to be limitations, um, but you start getting really short Aragorn and really tall hobbits, and it's like okay, I'm not I'm not in Middle Earth anymore. <laughs> Similarly, with the suspension of disbelief, Denzel Washington and Keanu Reeves' brothers makes less sense than say Matt Damon and say. Tom Cruise, and a good example of this, I I bring up Tom Cruise because Tom Cruise plays Jack Reacher in a couple movies, but there's also now an Amazon series for Reacher, which stars a guy who is much more like the original description. If I remember correctly, the original description is supposed to be he's like six foot five. Alan Richardson, I think, is the guy who plays him in the series, and he's only six foot two, I think, but it's still a lot closer than... Tom Cruise. I mean, no no question about it. Tom Cruise is not Jack Reacher by the description we get. Um, so, at any rate, that there's gradations there. On a non-subjective level, there are a couple other things going on. So, the idea of diverse, you know, intentional diversity or diversity and inclusion type casting, there you run into the objective problem of you're limiting your pool of people that could play the role. And that may reduce the quality of the people playing the role. It may or may not. It, you know, depending on who you get, it, you know, may be that the best person is, you know, the diversity hire. It may not be. Um, but it at least limits your options. The other objective element of that is if you're doing it just for a um, political agenda or to check a box or whatever it is, because, I mean, like, the Oscars as many of you may know, have now basically limited who they're going to give nominees nominations to based on whether you include a lot of these different kinds of diversity elements within your casting, your you know, your production units and all this other stuff. It's like if you're doing that just to get the Oscar, that's dumb. And if if you're doing it just because that's your political view, that's also dumb. What we want is good art. But it's even dumber if you take into account the fact that sometimes this only seems to go one way. Scarlett Johansson playing in Ghost in the Shell got a lot of criticism. A lot of people called that racist because that's supposed to be a Japanese role, and we cast a white woman there. That's racist. 
Apparently it's not racist to cast black people in white roles, you know, and you can argue about that all day long. You know, my point is simply from a perspective of somebody who wants the lore to be followed, that's just going to make it seem even stupider. So the other thing here, and and this is where it gets even weirder to me, is Matt Damon got accused of being a white savior in... I think the movie was called The Great Wall. I forget the the name of it, but he was a guy in at the Great Wall of China. And my my understanding, I never saw the movie, was he was playing a European who just happened to be in China. He wasn't even playing a Chinese person. But he still gets accused of, you know, basically a form of racism because he's playing a white guy in China being a guy who, you know, plays a major role in the story. So... You have that on one side, but then you have, well, but we're going to cast black people in a role that's actually kind of a white person role. Okay, now, why is this fair? You know, the average person may ask. And so on an objective level, that seems like a criticism. And a lot of the people who would criticize it on those grounds are criticizing it precisely because a lot of things that seem to go that route tend to end up being kind of crummy. You know, you've got... And, and this is just an example from my own experience, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series clearly had a lot of elements that were talking about racism and how, you know, things could be different, and it was from a anti-racist point of view. But the show was terrible, and I don't mean that because it involved those issues. A lot of good storytelling can deal with those issues really well, but they focused so heavily on the politics that the story just suffered so badly. It became boring. The The show was just boring. It was bad. It was executed badly. So a lot of people viewing this are probably thinking kind of the same way. Like, if you're going down this road of intentional diversity, it's probably going to end up in the same kind of vein as properties like that that just ended up the story suffered and everything else suffered. So those are some respects in which I have opinions on the issue generally of casting people of color or whatever you want to call them in roles that really don't fit them in terms of the lore description. This is relevant because a lot of the arguments that have gone on and the reason I'm making this video is because the whole thing is blown up over the issue of a black woman playing a dwarf and a apparently a Latino, I've just seen him described as Latinx, but he looks black, uh, playing an elf. So, the the whole thing blew up because a lot of people were criticizing this. A lot of people were criticizing other things, like the dwarf woman not having a beard. Um, but a lot of people were criticizing, you know, the fact that these black people were playing roles that, you know, really, it doesn't make sense that they would be black in story. And that's really true for the the Dwarven princess, Disa, I think is her name, because she's a dwarf. She lives underground, having dark skin, which just not make sense on on any level. World building, science, lore, any of it. So uh, with the elf, you could make some more allowances because potentially you could have a group of elves that go down south and kind of evolve in the direction of having darker skin, etc., whatever. Dwarves, you can't really make sense of that. At any rate, a lot of people were complaining about this, and then you get a bunch of people that are pro-Amazon show, and 
you know, various different types. Some of them just people, some of them, you know, scholars, some of them, and I, I hesitate to use the term with quotation marks. I mean, some of them legitimately are Tolkien scholars, but what their scholarship, the reason I put quote marks out there is because the scholarship, what does it have to do with the argument, really, ultimately? Um, they all kind of backlashed and accused a lot of these people as being racists. Now, did they mean to accuse literally everybody who thinks that these people shouldn't have been cast in those roles? All of those people are racist? I don't know. You tell me. I've never seen any one of their tweets where they were like, you know, there are legitimate reasons to critique this type of casting in this particular instance, but there's a lot of racists doing this too. I've never seen where they made that kind of hedge or caveat. And there's certainly plenty of tweets that seem to imply that they're all like that. Well, this got a whole lot of backlash, too, because then the other side came back and was like, well, y'all are just a bunch of shills and agenda-driven, you know, you might say woke leftists. You know, I'm not using that term in any kind of rigorous sense. That's just the kind of phrase that you might hear from one side to the other. So the backlash all went kind of the same way as the the you know, initial criticism, which was everybody gets overgeneralized. And this is true of content creators that I follow and, and really enjoy, and I'm not going to name anybody here, but people on the anti-Amazon side of the equation were basically treating the pro-Amazon side as if they're all just agenda-driven woke leftists, or whatever you want to call them, and don't care about the lore and don't care about this, that, the other in the same way that the pro-Amazon side was saying things that implied that they think all the criticisms are coming from a racist point of view. Now, I don't know, and you don't know, and I doubt anybody knows exactly how many people on either side think like this, because most of the stuff that gets tweeted never gets seen. And I would just like to point out here, the people on the receiving end of tweets are going to see a lot more than you do because you aren't getting their notifications. So if you're getting you know, you're getting your notifications seeing what the other side's saying about you, but you're not seeing what everybody on your side, let's say, is saying about them. And this is a problem on both sides, right? And especially on the anti-Amazon side because the the people who have been kind of outspoken about it have defended their own side as, we're just respecting the lore, we're just this, this, this. Well, but are you all just defending the lore, or are there actually some racists that are making comments too? I don't know. I don't, and I don't want to know. I My point is, in fact, more strong because I don't know. Because my point simply is, if you don't know, don't assume. Don't assume that you know, the people that are on your side all think like you. Some of the people making the same point as you might be doing it for very different reasons. Similarly, don't assume that everybody on the other side is exactly like your stereotype of that side. This is, I think, a a largely politically driven controversy because it just seems like in the last several years... Almost everything has gotten political, and the politics is so polarized 
that everybody thinks if they know your opinion about one thing, they know your opinion about virtually everything else. And a lot of this seems to have started with a certain election. A lot of it seems to have started with a certain disease. I'm not going to express any opinions on either of those things. My point is simply that in that span of time, everybody seems to have gotten it into their heads that if you agree or disagree with a specific proposition, one tiny proposition, that you automatically fit within some political designation and therefore I can attribute this huge laundry list of other propositions that you adhere to. Not true. It's just not true, okay? Now, stereotypes exist for a reason, and it's because a lot of the time stereotypes are basically accurate for large portions of the, popular, of the population, whatever population segment you're looking at. But stereotypes are stereotypes. They're not really valid in terms of looking at the individual case because that's called overgeneralization. And that's what both sides are doing here. And and I think that's what a lot of the dispute really is. You know, the people on the pro-Amazon side may be seeing notifications from people that really are expressing, you know, explicitly racist ideas and they're saying, no, that's racist. And then they just kind of shoot that out there as if it applies to everybody making the same point. Well, it doesn't necessarily apply to everybody making the same point. And this goes back to my subjective preference. I don't want a black person playing an elf, not because I'm racist against black people, because I think Denzel Washington did a fine job in playing the prince. But, like, I don't want an elf being played by a black person because my idea of an elf is you're either a Noldor or a Vanya or a Tellery. And given that we're in Middle-earth, it's not a Vanya. And I know what Noldor and Tellery look like, and they don't look like a black person. Um, and so that's, again, taking away from my suspension of disbelief. That's why I don't like it. No other reason. I mean, that's just, that's what it is. Um... And a lot of people may have other subjective reasons why they don't like, you know, this kind of diversity casting. But at the same time, I'm perfectly happy to watch movies where, you know, you get a lot of different people in diverse roles and you don't care because that it fits naturally with whatever the story is. You know, Lethal Weapon is a really great movie series because the two main leads play off of each other really well. One's white, one's black, and, you know, other than Lethal Weapon 2, where that really becomes a big issue, you don't even care, because that's really not the point. So, anyway, the, the point I'm making here is taking the perspective of one person and then applying it to everybody who who has kind of the same general point to make is not fair. Overgeneralizing is just not fair. And we all need to pull back and realize that there's more nuance and subtlety here, and we don't necessarily have to assume that everybody saying X also thinks Y on either side of the equation, okay? And I would just like to point out here a really great way to, to approach stuff like this comes from Carl Hostetter. Somebody shared this, and I don't know where Carl Hostetter wrote this, and so technically I don't know that this is Carl Hostetter's writing, but I think it is based on the way it was written and 
you know, things he's written before, he made the point, and he was very articulate and erudite in the way that he made the point, more so than anybody I've seen talk about anything in this topic. He basically said, you know, I'm going to wade into this even though it might be kind of detrimental, but the people who are saying they don't want a black elf and a black dwarf are not necessarily racist if they're coming at it from the angle of there are no descriptions of black elves and dwarves in the lore. Scientifically, it doesn't make sense because you we don't know of any elves that wandered far enough south that that would become a thing, and the dwarves all live underground. And from a world-building perspective, it also just you know doesn't fly for the same reason. And he said it in a much more cogent and, like I said, erudite way than I just did. I'm just paraphrasing. But the way he did it was like such a breath of fresh air because he's coming at it from a position of, look, there's factors here that would lead a person legitimately to have criticisms of a thing. And as long as they're using those reasons as their criticisms of that thing, that's not racism. Uh... So, I mean, he's defending the anti-Amazon side, obviously. And you could just as easily kind of do the same thing for the pro-Amazon side in in certain respects, right? In the same way that you could defend the anti-Amazon side as being not racist, at least some of them, if they have those kinds of reasons. You could defend the pro-Amazon side of, you know, being legitimately put upon by people who are really abusive and ugly, and this is where I think ultimately it comes down. Tolkien would not approve, and neither would Carl Hostetter, of just abusive ugliness. That's just not called for. Certain kinds of language just should not be used in any kind of public discourse, and certainly not in civil debate. And ultimately, that's kind of my main thing here, is what I want is for everybody to have a civil debate, not a shouting match where one side is just being like, you're racist, and the other side's wokists, and it's just like, nobody's getting anywhere. Everybody's just getting mad at each other, and I'm just tired of it all. In fact, one of the YouTubers in the Discord group that I belong to, we all, you know, get together and stuff, said that, I think after all this, I know what my political alignment is. I'm tired. And, of course, you know, he makes a good point at this stage that's all any of us are, for the most part. I mean, it's just so exhausting dealing with all the drama and the controversy. And so what I'm hoping comes out of this video is that anybody who sees it will take what I'm saying and, and kind of apply that to their disputes and whatever generally, but specifically about this issue. Except that there are things you don't know. The other side may know things you don't, and you may not you may not be fair in your overgeneralization. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't, but you need to accept the fact that if you're gonna generalize something, you need to have a good reason to do it. So hopefully people will see this and kind of take these kind of ideas to heart and and take that to their discussions about this in the future and share it with other people who also are going to be thinking along these lines. Get people to act in ways that are more gentlemanly, more civilized, less shouting. So hopefully that, you know, kind of addresses the issue in a way that makes sense to people. You know, if you have your own subjective preferences about these things, that doesn't necessarily make you a racist. 
And on the other hand, if you get angry at people for saying racist things, that doesn't make you a woke leftist. I mean, there's just... Stop overgeneralizing is really the, the key here. And try not to be so polarized. Hopefully everybody can calm down, but I know this is never going to get to enough people to really make a huge difference. And frankly, a lot of people wouldn't change their ways even if they saw this video. But I just needed to get these ideas off my chest. Now, that said, hopefully next week, what a lot of you have been waiting for, Girl Next Gondor and me talking about Epic Poo, the Michael Moorcock article criticizing Tolkien, hopefully that's coming out next week. So keep your eye out for that. Otherwise, I'm just going to skip my usual outro here because I just really have no energy for it at this point because this whole topic is so exhausting. So I will just see you in the next video. Namadiyay.